welcome to stat i'm telling you all medical true crime stories and it gets bizarre karen wickiam yeah she used to work in the r and now she's sharing the knowledge so let's get involved hey funny and scary at the same time medical mysteries all facts she ain't lying <laughs> so tune in the stat if you dare because crazy things can happen anytime anywhere <laughs> yeah Hello, 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 everybody out there in podcast land. Welcome to STAT, Shocking Traumas and Treatments. And I am your host, Karen Wickham, coming to you from very hot Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And I do have a special guest today. Her name is Kren. (laughs) Could you imagine if I did this whole episode in my Kren voice? That would be Lacey Spears, bad, bad mom. Actually, I probably uh, shouldn't uh, make a joke about that. But uh, anyway, let's get started on part two of the Lacey Spears case. In July 2010, Spears went to Clearwater, Florida to escape the heat, literally and figuratively. She went there under the guise of helping her palliative uncle Bo and elderly grandmother Peggy Florence. Lacey became fast friends as per her MO with Kimberly, the neighbor across the street. Kimberly would drive her to visit her uncle at the hospital, among other errands. This is when the endless list of sob stories would start. Lacey told Kimberly all about Garnet's medical issues, and right away Kimberly saw behaviors from Garnet that contradicted her stories, because Garnet ate everything that was put on his plate. She also told outrageous and escalating stories about being sexually abused, and Kimberly had a sympathetic ear because she had been abused herself. Lacey told her that she had been continuously raped by many members of her family and that one of her relatives was Garnet's father, who still called her every night for hours at a time forcing her to have phone sex with him. Concerned for Lacey's safety, Kimberly even came up with a plan for Lacey to get away from the abuse, which included Lacey staying with her. And Lacey even told Kimberly that she was at the time pregnant with the relative's baby. Kimberly tried to help Lacey arrange an abortion but Lacey conveniently had a miscarriage. Kimberly generously lent Spears her laptop, but this was a bad idea because she took it over spending hours upon hours posting her fictitious, attention-seeking stories on social media. During this time, Lacey's mother, Terry, visited, and the visit was very revealing. Terry was controlling and lazy, getting Lacey to run around and do practically everything for her, and she would also painfully pinch her, leaving bruises all over her. She was verbally abusive, and Lacey would not defend herself. She would allow her mother to do these things to her. After her uncle Bo died from cancer, Lacey decided to move to Florida to help her elderly grandmother. Her uncle had left Lacey a small sum, but her grandmother inherited a sizable amount. She immediately started to spend her grandmother's money, buying all new furniture and appliances, putting in hardwood floors, and buying a new car. Aside from spending all of her grandmother's money and taking over her home, She was busy with all her other nefarious activities. She started taking Garnet to different doctors and holistic practitioners for all the usual complaints. Here's part of the list. Dr. Orbello, a pediatric ENT. Dr. Wisely, a pediatric GI. Dr. Arango, primary doctor. Dr. Johan Ten, another medical doctor. Dr. Hole, a pediatric chiropractor. Dr. Linsky, a pediatric ENT surgeon and Mecca Totley, a holistic and fitness consultant. She also joined many parenting groups to draw sympathy. 
mom circles, holistic parenting, attachment parenting. These groups were full of well-meaning and caring mothers who were trying to give their children the best life possible and welcomed in other mothers who were wanting to do the same. Lacey studied these mothers and their behavior in order to mimic them. And she was learning how to appear to be a good mother without all the love and caring intentions behind it. She also got a lot of attention from these women. And that was her main point for joining. And it became a competition to outdo the other mothers. For instance, if any of the mothers breastfed, she would then pump every three hours and breastfeed on top of it like she had a never-ending supply. This is a post on Lacey's Facebook that sums this up. Quote, I'm a co-sleeping, baby-wearing, breastfeeding, rear-facing, organic, all-natural, attached parenting mama and love it. End of quote. Other announcements included that she was done with modern medicine and she would no longer use antibiotics and she was a very loud and proud anti-vaxxer. However, she continued to seek care of modern medicine for Garnet from her inflicted injuries on him. However, not surprising, she continued to seek the care of modern medicine for Garnet. For instance, on May 4th, she had ear tubes put in. The doctor she saw from both modern and Western medicine asked for Garnet's medical records, which she would never produce. She didn't want any of them to know what was going on. Within two weeks of the tube insertions, Lacey wanted them removed. On June the 1st, the Florida Department of Children and Families began investigating Lacey after getting an anonymous report. A social worker investigated Lacey and the report stated that all allegations of abuse were unfounded. Lacey started yet another Facebook group. It was called Garnet Paul's Healing Journey, AKA Fan Page. I mean, it just makes me sick all the things she's doing. I, I, I don't know why I would be surprised at this time, but the, the same purpose of this page was to garner sympathy and be deemed a hero mother, which meant she had to continue Garnet's abuse to create even more content and even step it up. Like how, how sick is that? Among the other fictitious stories, this was one of my favorites. Well, least favorite, if you know what I mean. This was an uh, uh, excerpt I took from the book, My Little Angel. Um, here it's called, Where's My Daddy? Like any morning in our house, I stood in the kitchen sink, somewhere between 1 a.m. and 3 a.m., washing dishes. It was something that had to be done. So the time meant nothing. Yes, that's right, 1 a.m. in the morning, and he's awake, and he decides when to start our day. We really enjoy our early mornings. She then wrote that she was washing dishes at the sink and lost in her doctor's visit thoughts, and she felt a little hand tugging at her shorts. So, mind you, this guy is two years old at the time, okay? He says, Mommy, where's Daddy? This is not the first time he asked, wrote Lacey, saying that she had given much thought about what to tell him. Do I give him the details? Do I tell the truth or do I butter him up a bit? As a parent, Lacey wrote, she wanted to protect Garnet from anything that could hurt him. Ironically, she couldn't protect him from his, herself. But she finally found a way to explain where Daddy was, so she dried her hands and kneeled down to his level to answer this question. Here we go. I looked my son in the face. Your Daddy is in you. He's in your eyes and your ears and your nose and heart and soul. Your daddy is half of you, and mummy is the other half. End of quote. Apparently, this is what happened next. Garnet glared at her and said, Awesome! in a sweet, blissful voice. I'm calling bullshit on this. A two year old. 
two-year-old would get the concept of everything she just said. What's a two-year-old doing up at one? And he would say, awesome, and walk away like, there's that, I got that figured out. And one of the saddest things on top of it is that he had a real father, not this fictitious Blake that wanted to see him and wanted to be part of his life. So she continued on saying, how could someone so young find that awesome, but felt pleased and at peace on hearing that? Over the next couple of weeks, Lacey chronicled Garnet's illnesses while also posting pictures of him playing happily on the beach. Child Protective Services was called again on June 14th, July 6th and 16th, and they were all deemed unfounded. When all the cases are added up, this is the question I have, doesn't that alone bring alarm and become cause for even a more in-depth investigation? Or do the files just end up in the abyss? When I look at the Gabriel Fernandez case, for instance, and how he was tortured and, and killed at the hands of his mother and stepfather, I mean, how many other children like this innocent little child have died because of this incompetence? Failure of the system on all levels. I see that cruelty plus incompetence equals death for a child. Another report made against Lacey was for neglecting to provide adequate medical care for Garnet. So, again, I'm going to go on. Just humor me on one of my other little tangents here. To get, to get this straight in my mind, she intentionally makes her son sick to get attention. Then she accepts and then refuses medical care at the same time. Meaning that she is underfeeding him, undertreating him for a sickness that she caused while seeking and following the procedures that were offered to her, then asking for them to be reversed. My, my mind just blows, it spins, it pops and crackles when, when, I, when I just think about this. And, this, and she does this all for attention. Lacey kept telling people she wanted another baby. A friend of her suggested that her husband um, get Lacey pregnant, but it didn't work out. Jealousy ensued and Lacey didn't get pregnant. Thank God. Lacey continued to lament on Facebook. Number one, that she had gone completely organic. Quote, my child will not eat chemicals, wood particles, processed food, dairy, meat, or gluten. I'd like to know what she was feeding her child. Next, that she breastfed, although she'd never breastfed him or was ever seen breastfeeding him, ever. And then she went on and on about her hatred of Western medicine. And of course, she took her anti-vaxxer stance, quote, I strongly dislike doctors. They are a major waste of time and energy. Why the hell do I want to give my child a flu shot? Well, I don't. We do not vaccinate, and we sure as heck do not believe in flu shots. Ugh. The month of December was uneventful. Garnet turned three, and Christmas came and went. But by January 2012, Garnet started to get sick again with severe ear infections. Also, at the end of January, Lacey bought Garnet a puppy named Odie. He would only have this puppy for eight months. Her neighbor Kimberly reported that Lacey abused the puppy. She would lock him in a dangerously hot garage for hours at a time, and she would hear him barking and whining to get out. In August 2012, Odie was found dead under a neighbor's window. She told some people that he had drowned in a bathtub, while others she told that he ate a poisonous frog. I do not doubt that she killed this poor little pup, and then used the puppy's death 
to get sympathy on social media. Here's a post that she made on Facebook. Quote, I swear I've experienced enough death in my life. I lost a child almost a year ago, my best friend and soulmate 10 months ago, and today my son lost his best friend, his puppy Odie. What the hell did I ever do to deserve a life like this? End of quote. This life that she carefully crafted to lay out a false narrative. The, the perfect mother, the perfect wife, the suffering hero, abused by the cruelty of life. Nice performance. Let's go back to February and March 2012. Garrett started to develop mouth pain due to severe tooth decay. His teeth were in terrible shape. They were not being cleaned by Lacey. She also refused the much-needed fluoride treatment, sanctimoniously announcing that it was poison. Then out of nowhere, she said that Garnet had a compressed C1 disc. That she had adjusted by a chiropractor, along with cranial adjustment for swelling. Does she think people are completely naive? Yeah, I could see how she could weigh on the sympathy of people that maybe were not as well-versed in, in medicine and it could go over her head, but a compressed C1, that's your brainstem. That's the area of your brainstem. He'd be freaking dead. Also, if this is in fact it was something he survived, no friggin' doctor in the world would decompress a three-year-old's you know what? Let's just move on. Okay. On March 31st, another fake tragic event occurred. Her beloved made-up boyfriend slash husband had died tragically. Quote, he died in a tragic car accident in the line of duty. End of quote. She was now a widow, a single mother to a desperately sick child, but only one of these things were true. And this was her whole new storyline. Uh, a fictional story that unfolded on Facebook. Month after month, she would post her trials and tribulations. On Mother's Day, she posted a picture of Blake on Facebook with the caption, My best friend, Garnet's daddy, our strength. My unfailing love and support. But the, the funny thing is, maybe not so funny, is that she posted a stock photo that she had grabbed off the internet and presented as Blake. But one of her friends thought okay that this doesn't even look real it looks well it looks fake and she was able to trace the picture back to the internet so you know um whatever didn't didn't work Lacey also joined a survivor's website to get even more attention she constantly posted attention-seeking messages and it seemed that Lacey couldn't keep her story straight the stories got more and more outrageous and contradicted each other and her stories weren't just about Blake. She also went into great, ever-changing details about Garnet's health. <laughs> All right, here we go. At the end of May, Garnet was back in the hospital with a blockage in his G2. That's not the point that I'm having a chuckle about. This is, this is, this is it here. Her next big lie was when she was telling her parenting groups whatever one she posted on that she was donating 3,600 ounces 3,600 ounces 
of her breast milk to a local mother. So I broke that down. That's 106 liters or 22 gallons of milk. Okay. <laughs> what is she, a cow? Nursing mothers produce between, say, 20 to 35 ounces a day, depending on the size of the child. So, yeah, I guess she believed people would believe this. On May 30th, Garnet was back at the dentist with badly damaged teeth. One tooth was pushed up into his gums and the other was badly infected. She had to have them removed. The next update was that Garnet had osteomyelitis and that she also stated that she did not want Garnet to be treated with antibiotics. First of all, I don't think he had osteomyelitis because if he did, he'd be hospitalized and very sick, especially considering it would be in his jaw. And then next, he'd be on long-term antibiotics. And you can't say, oh, I'm not going to use antibiotics for this. So again, I, I, it's ridiculous. I'm just, I'm going to take time to pause here for a second and <laughs> clear my head. Uh, I want to tell you about uh, a podcast by the name of Physical Attraction. It's really cool. And uh, here, I, I want you to listen to this, uh, to this promo. Physical Attraction is the show that explains physics, science, and technology. From the existential threats to humanity, to the impacts of technologies on our society, through to the fundamental physics that lies behind it all, we'll take you on a trip through nuclear fusion, neutron stars, artificial intelligence, and quantum mechanics. From interviewing experts to intricately researched narrative episodes, Physical Attraction strives to explain fundamental questions about how the universe works and where the world is going. You can find Physical Attraction at www.physicspodcast.com, on social media as PhysicsPod, and wherever you listen to podcasts, www.physicspodcast.com. Yeah, it's really cool. I think you should go check it out. Okay, let's get back to this. On June 14th, 2012, Garnet was diagnosed with bilateral ear infections. Lacey was treating these infections with what she said was breast milk and herbs. You don't have to adjust your, your headset. That's right. Breast milk and herbs. On June 19th, she was telling people that she had cancer and that she didn't want to be a mother anymore. And, and here's a quote that she wrote. I'm not one to speak my mind. I can when needed. My child does not eat off plastic have his food cooked in a microwave, play with plastic toys that light up and talk. No, he doesn't even watch TV, drink purple Kool-Aid, eat ice cream, or consume sugar of any form. He isn't vaccinated, doesn't follow Western medicine. No, I won't take his pacifier away until he is ready to let it go. He doesn't get put in timeout. I won't spank him, don't scream at him, will not force him to do anything he isn't ready to do. He isn't abused, mistreated, is not missing out on life. I could sit and explain my reasons behind each of the listed, but does it really matter? No. What matters is he is my son. I birthed him. I'm raising him. And at the end of the day, he is loved, nurtured, thriving, happy, and always put first. End of quote. 
I think like all of her posts, they're so revealing, but this one in particular, she's pointing out so many things here that, you know, haven't even really been accused, at least, I don't know, maybe they were. Um, but to point out certain things like, okay, first of all, he was seen eating regular food all the time. Okay. And to, to point out that he isn't abused or mistreated. I mean, why? Why do you need to post that? That she won't spank him or scream at him? We know that's not true. And again, why would she need to post that? And um, so, I mean, there's so much in that that says to me that, you know, is it a guilty conscience? Did she feel like she needed to prove something to somebody? Um, these, these posts say a lot. Anyway, in July, Lacey decided that she wanted to move to New York to join a fellowship community. And this community is based on the philosophies of an Austrian philosopher and founder of anthroposophy by the name of Rudolf Steiner. And she wanted him to get a Waldorf education. And this education uh, integrates holistic values with the academic developments of pupils. So if you move to the fellowship, your child goes to this school, which I, I believe is a, a highly respected school. In fact, I think there's 50 or more of them across the world or North America, that kind of thing. But to join it or have him go, you have to join this fellowship. Okay, so um, this this is um, uh, some information I, I, again, I got from the book, um, My Sweet Angel. Lacey would get free room and board and a private education for Garnet in exchange for work in the community. Lacey filed out an application to join the community and lied on it because there were questions that were asked like, what are, what's your health like? What's your child's health like? And she said, healthy, healthy, fine. So she was accepted and she was to join the fellowship in November. At the end of October, several anonymous child abuse claims were put in to Children's Aid and it was regarding Lacey's abusive and neglectful parenting. Many appointments were made but Lacey didn't show up for any of them. On November 4th, Lacey and Garnet arrived to Chestnut Ridge, New York, and no one knew that she was going. They were all very surprised. Lacey said that she was leaving because her grandmother didn't approve of her parenting. But really, it was time for Lacey to move on because she had worn out her welcome and people were starting to figure her out. She always picked up and left when they were on to her and when she was getting a lot of children's aid reports. Lacey was shown around the community and given a work assignment. And even though Lacey and Garnet were welcomed with open arms, she posted in social media, I hate it today and would love nothing more than to get on a plane and go home. The members of the community were blasted by all of Lacey's lies, fictional accounts of her and Garnet's unbearable pain and suffering, and the fellowship members fell for it. However, a few people found it odd that Garnet didn't appear to be sick at all. The members of the fellowship looked out and took care of each other, and Lacey and Garnet were no exception. Lacey would use the members until they had nothing left to give, and it didn't take much time for her to start seeing the fellowship doctor, Gerald Carno. He treated Garnet for an ear infection and made a referral to a pediatrician, Dr. Kenneth Zatz. At the end of November, Lacey and Garnet moved into an apartment house that was shared with another woman by the name of Christine O'Brien. Um, they had their own bedroom and their own bathroom, and they shared the rest of the house, living room, kitchen, that kind of thing. Uh, at the time that Lacey moved in, Christine was out of town, and she returned. She saw someone had gone into her bedroom, and in some of her clothes, furnishings, 
blankets, and toiletries were taken. And then she saw Lacey wearing some of her clothes. And she saw that she had her comforter and her other personal items in sight in her bedroom. So when Christine confronted her about it, Lacey just walked away and ignored her like she was the only one in the room. Can you imagine? When she reported the theft to the fellowship, her accusations were dismissed and she was told to let it go. She also reported the theft to the police, but it doesn't seem that anything was ever followed up on. Soon after, Lacey started telling Christine all the lies she told everyone. But Christine was very suspicious of Lacey and watched her closely. Lacey latched onto a kind couple by the name of Una Younger and Howard Friedman. They befriended her and Garnet. Lacey bombarded them too with all her tales of woe. Una started to see Lacey as a daughter figure. She had a grown son and, you know, um, he was out of the house and, you know, she sort of took uh, Lacey under her wing. And of course, Lacey took full advantage of that and had Una doing so many things for her. But one thing that did bother Una was that she didn't understand why Garden needed a feeding tube because he would eat everything in sight without any problems. Now, her roommate Christine was getting quite concerned. She would see Lacey losing her temper frequently with Garnet. And here's a quote, uh, again, from, from this uh, amazing book, My Sweet Angel. Quote, when she didn't think anybody was looking, she would yell at him and yank him by the arm so hard that I thought she was going to pull it out of its socket. Then, if he started crying, she would pick him up and soothe him. It would be like, oh, look what a wonderful mummy I am. Christine cared so much about Garnet. She was always looking out for him. And Garnet and his mother were so different. He was always smiling and playful and bright. And on the other hand, Lacey was dark and had daily temper tantrums and was an angry person. Lacey had gotten off easy when it came to the job she was assigned. She used Garnet as an excuse and it brought a lot of resentment among the community. Christine would work up to 70 hours a week, but when she was home, she never saw Garnet sick. Christine decided to report this to the executive circle. Although she was frustrated with Lacey's behavior, it was her abuse towards Garnet that concerned her the most. She told them that Lacey screamed at Garnet every night during bath time. And here's another quote from the book. Quote, her bathroom wall bounces up against my bedroom. I hear her screaming as she is fighting with the kid while he's taking a bath. He'd say, mommy, that doesn't feel good. And she's telling him to shut up. And then they're splashing. End of quote. Again, her complaints and concerns were dismissed soon after Christine left the fellowship because she just couldn't take it anymore. In February 2013, Lacey told Una that she was going to go to a bar and pick someone up to have sex with. The purpose of this was to get pregnant. Una didn't want her to do that, so she offered her husband to impregnate her. Thankfully, this never happens. What's with these women offering up their husbands to get someone pregnant? Uh, I don't know. I don't get it. Anywho, Lacey started to take Garnet to the pediatrician at the end of March. Dr. Zatz requested Garnet's medical records, which she would never produce. She told the doctor an unbelievable medical history with a long list of medical conditions, treatments, and hospitalizations. Like most things, Lacey mixed some truth with the outrageous lies. She did the same when she took Garnet to see a pediatric doctor, Ivan Derenkoff. He found Garnet to be very healthy and saw no need for him to have a feeding tube. He said that he wanted it removed, 
but first he wanted the little boy to have a feeding evaluation just to make sure it was okay. He would schedule the appointments many, many times, but Lacey never took Garnet to them. At the beginning of April, Lacey moved into another house with the continued support of Una and the fellowship. She befriended a new person by the name of Wani Tantilo, but Wani had a bad feeling about Lacey right away. At the end of April, Charisse and Stuart Bear moved into the other apartment in the house, and soon after, she asked Stuart to impregnate her. Needless to say, this friendship never got off the ground. They were shocked by her request. Lacey started to accuse many men of the fellowship for sexually harassing her. Even the police were called. All accusations were totally denied and the case was closed. The men of the fellowship were avoiding her like the plague. Despite that, she continued with the accusations aimed at different men. On September 13, 2013, Garnet started kindergarten at the Green Meadow Waldorf School in the fellowship. His teacher was Carol Greeter. She said that Garnet loves school. Quote, he was great. He was sharp, attentive, and very happy to be in school. And there were no problems at all. He knew all of their names, and he would greet all the adults as well. So he was a real big part of the class. Everyone really enjoyed him. End of quote. Lacey became friends with one of the mothers who took her kids there by the name of Nellie. Nellie felt sorry for Lacey after hearing her fake stories. And Nellie wanted to help Lacey and Garnet any way she could. Like the other friends that Lacey had made before, Nellie noticed significant differences between what Lacey told her and what she saw. Unsurprisingly, the school found Lacey very difficult to deal with. She made great demands on them in regards to his diet and special needs. She also told the teachers that Garnet was not coping well at school when he was clearly thriving, and this was very troubling to the staff. On December 3rd, Garnet celebrated his last birthday. Lacey posted a 14-point post with lies all about her pregnancy. She made it look like she was a heroic mother who suffered terribly to have a child, and of course we know that was just untrue. Lacey and Garnet celebrated a nice Christmas with the Fellowship and then flew to Florida to celebrate with her family. So I am going to end today's episode there. The next episode will be, well, how Lacey murdered her son um, the last year of this little guy's life so that's uh, what we'll be talking about next and the depths of depravity that this woman goes just to make herself the center of attention this malignant attention seeking it uh, well um, if you stick around you're, you'll hear how it goes before I end though I want to give a shout out to the most recent iTunes review from KS1995. Thank you so much. It, uh, the, I love these reviews. I love hearing from you guys. Um, of course, I guess I love the positive reviews, but you know what? You got to take the good with the bad, but they, they really do make my day. And, um, I love my Facebook group. I would love anyone out there who hasn't joined to come by and join it. It's a lot of fun. It's, uh, informative, fun, goofy, warm. It's the best people in the world are on there. So come join stat shocking traumas and treatments, Facebook page. I also want to give a big thanks to all our essential service people, doctors, nurses, everybody that works in the hospital, 
everybody that's keeping us fed, roofs over our head, the electricity going, the water flowing, you name it. Thank you, thank you, thank you out there. And there's so much more I can say about what's going on in the world right now. And this could go on for hours. But what I am going to say is, please, please take care of yourselves. Keep yourself safe. Isolate. Self-isolate. Wear, wear masks. Uh, just follow the rules that are or the recommendations that are put out right now to keep everyone around us as safe as possible and eradicate this virus. And believe it or not, more importantly than that, let's love each other. Let's stop the hate. Let's embrace each other. Okay? We need to fight for equality of people around the world. So I'm going to end on that note. Thank you much for joining me here today. Peace. One love. True crime and it gets none realer. Sometimes it'll be the cure that'll kill you. Gotta watch out, yeah, you gotta watch your back. Cause you don't wanna be another episode on stat. Thank you for tuning in, learn a thing or two. These medical mysteries can be unbelievable, yeah. Subscribe, make sure you do that so you'll be tuned in and be ready for the next show. Stat.